Hello and welcome to episode 12 of The Story Pilgrim. Rest or Pest, a tale of two cities. Now that would be Bucharest and Budapest. Recently, I had the good fortune to visit both cities, one day after another. Cool, eh? Now before I rabbit on, please remember to follow this podcast, if you are already not. Like it, review it, and share this podcast with everyone. Now, I'm in a very lucky position to travel often. Romania I have never been to, and Hungary only once before. So I was extremely excited to visit both cities and walk around them. I made sure I packed some warm clothes, and off I went. Bucharest, first stop. Well, good morning. Um... Here I am in Bucharest, Romania. This evening I'll be heading off to Budapest, Hungary, via London. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm just out for a walk. I am down by a lake. I'm in a park. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the name of the park because I will just absolutely butcher it. Um... Never been here before. First time in Romania. First time to Bucharest. Romania. Uh, what is there to say about Romania? It's one of the most eastern of the European countries. Joined Europe in 2007. Has a population of about 19 million. Bucharest um, has a population of about 1.8 million. Um... Romania, deriving from the uh, Latin Romanus of Rome. Um, That goes back to about the 16th century when it started to to gain that name. Uh, I'm I'm stood down by the lake here and it's it's frozen. It's quite a lovely morning actually. But it's a very thin sheet of ice across the lake. It's quite a big lake. There's some seagulls just stood on the ice over there. But um, yeah, I'm just going to go for a walk, a wander around. I don't have any agenda today. I don't have any theme. I'm just going to have a walk and see what happens really. And maybe the theme is agendas, having one or not. One of the things that I've noticed this morning, as I've just walked around, is a lot of people on the phone. A lot of people on the phone, just on the phone, talking. Maybe they like to talk in Romania. So I'm by the museum here in the park, um, which is a wonderful, massive wooden gate. It's the National Village Museum. Dimitri Gusti, uh, founded in 1936, a museum that exhibits genuine peasant constructions, dwelling houses, wooden churches, and installations and workshops from uh, the rural civilization, as it says, and uh, stood uh, here right next to a magnificent little windmill. has like a, a wooden top to it very rectangular sails and uh, a stone base and looks like it will uh, 
spin around to go in the right direction of the wind. The Village of Rural Life is a wonderful open-air museum dating back to 1936. There's about 70 original houses from all over Romania, each house having been completely taken apart piece by piece, transported to Bucharest, and then reassembled. Now, did I or did I not have a theme for today? As I'm thinking about uh, not having an agenda, I'm reminded of that little joke that uh, said, if you want to make God laugh, then make a plan. So many times, uh, or how many times in my life, in, in your life, have you made a plan and it's completely gone to pot? Um, I guess a plan and an agenda are maybe slightly different things. You know, an agenda is uh, a want, isn't it? Is a is a is a is is a something that you want to uh, achieve. I mean, it's used in quite a negative way sometimes, isn't it? How well that person has an agenda, um, whereas a plan you can sit down and move from one thing to another. Just come away from the lake and, and little area now, which uh, looks like in the summer it's probably got lovely big pools of water, but it's absolutely completely empty now. And uh, there are various busts around here. And the first one that uh, we see is, is a very angry looking William Shakespeare. It looks really like, he looks really fed up. Um, and then I can see, uh, this looks like Mozart down here, but he also looks looks a little bit stern. Um, oh, actually, no, my mistake. That's not Mozart. That's Beethoven, but he still looks really, really. He looks upset. Actually, looks like yeah, he's looks kind of upset and fed up. Whereas you know, Shakespeare looks a bit just really angry um, there's a couple more over here let's go and see who, who's over here and see how they're doing there's a statue of a woman over there she's just given up she's just lying down just absolutely fed up yeah alright so over here we've got Tolstoy and he, he looks alright yeah he looks actually quite relaxed you know, he's got good good position of his shoulders yeah he also looks alright and who's this down here uh, Victor Hugo uh, yeah Victor's looking yeah he, he's, he looks okay maybe it's just that side of the park that um, Beethoven and Shakespeare weren't happy being over there. Victor Hugo looks pretty, pretty happy. Well, there's more, they're all over the place. 
Clearly, Shakespeare and Beethoven were not having a good time in Bucharest. I, however, was. It was turning out to be a delightful morning's walk. As I walked, as usual, my mind started to wander, and certain memories came to light. I, uh, for some reason, I'm reminded of a story from when I was on the Camino uh, back in 2017 when I was walking doing the play. And quite early on, I'd meet people and they were like, oh, there's another actor on the actual Camino. He, he's not doing a play, he's just, he's on there. He was a couple of days ahead of me. And have you met Thomas, the actor? And uh, I obviously hadn't. Um, anyway, I get into Burgos and one of the other friends that I had made who'd gone ahead of me, Catherine, as I'm walking into Burgos, I see Catherine and she's comes running towards me and she's like, I found Thomas, I found Thomas. So anyway, Thomas uh, was resting up in Burgos because he had really hurt his feet and just needed to just take it easy for a few days. And uh, we were all went out that evening. There was quite a group of us. And uh, Thomas was telling us how he was really struggling uh, the last few days coming into Burgos because of his feet. But uh, the day before you get, the day that you walk into Burgos, you go through these, it's quite a, a tedious area. It's very, there's not much to see. It's uh, very boring when you think about like landscape. Uh, it's just basically a huge big pine forest that you walk through for quite a long time. Uh, but it was extremely hot. It was really hot. And he said he was uh, really struggling. He didn't have any water with him. And uh, he started hallucinating. And he said at one point he walked along and he saw this person sat down. And next to them on the ground was this severed arm. And the person turned around and it turned out that the person didn't have a, a human head. They had like a, an Egyptian cat head, like one of those Egyptian, you see in the hieroglyphics that they're, they're like um, in charge of everyone. He says, and this, this thing turned around and had blood coming from its mouth and... Uh, he just carried on walking. He just looked at him and he just carried on walking. Uh, I am in the area now where there is, it's all um, up in in the trees. There's like a, a course, a rope course up in the trees. It's really cool. Uh, it's really fun. It's quite big as well. There's a lot to do. I'm not sure how safe it is, but uh, as one of them is uh, has fallen down over here, but yeah, he said he saw this and just uh, wasn't aggressive to him anyway. And he just carried on walking. And uh, we it was quite funny the way that he told that story. And then um, a little bit later on, we were talking about how wonderful about, about three quarters of the way through this pine forest, there, a lady drives up there every day and she sets up what she calls the oasis on the Camino. And she takes up free fruit and drinks and she puts up hammocks and stuff. And it's just a really cool place just to hang out for a bit and rest. And 
she takes donations for watermelons and drinks and stuff and she has ice and it's, it's wonderful and we're all talking about how amazing it is that this lady does this and as we do Thomas's face just drops and uh, he sat there like looking in shock and it's one of those moments in the conversation where everybody stops talking and we all look at Thomas and one the person said Thomas are you all right and he's like that oasis on the Camino we're like yeah he said I thought I was hallucinating again and I just walked through I didn't stop and that just set the table up absolutely in roars of laughter because it's like here he was really struggling really could do with the rest and some drinks and stuff and he thought he was hallucinating so he just walked straight past it there's a little arc de triomphe here well I say little I've never actually been to Paris so I don't know how big the actual Arc de Triomphe is. I mean, it could be the same size. I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's about three or four, maybe even five stories high. And it is in the middle of a roundabout. I'll take a picture. Um, I will be blogging about this, so I'll pop this picture on the blog. You can have a look at this. But yeah, well... The other corner that I've just walked from was uh, uh, the roundabout that was called the, the Charles de Gaulle. So, um, I mean, yeah, that is pretty big. So, I don't know how big it is compared to the actual Arc de Triomphe, but there it is. Oh, and I'm walking along the uh, Avenue Michael Jackson. Hee <laughs> hee! All right, oh, I won't do that. Yeah, I won't do that. Michael will be making an appearance later. Stay tuned. Now, the walk was going well when I made an observation. Walking up here alongside the, what, A University. Seems it's at the University of Agriculture. But I, in front of me, there's a, a lady walking and um, I initially thought that she was maybe a little bit drunk or just not feeling well because she's sort of like wobbling all over the place. Uh, but the pavement is made of these like blocks. And uh, I just sort of realized that, oh, I, I'm doing the same. Wobbling all over the place because the blocks kind of like, they're not moving, but the way that they've been laid, there's trees on either side of the pavement and their roots are obviously pushing up these blocks into little bumps and stuff so you are you kind of wobble along here and and she's on her phone because they're all on the phone so she's not really concentrating on her walking really but i thought oh yeah she's not oh, oh no i'm doing exactly the same uh just today it's one of those days when i just feel like um there's not much going on in the head it's uh it's been a struggle to sort of like think about like What's what? What do I want to say? What's important? Is any none of it's important? Is it? It's just a podcast. But you you feel I feel like the need, the urgency to to be interesting, to say interesting things. And uh, today's been one of those days where you go, is it? What do I say? What do I? What am I feeling? Again, getting back to the agenda. Um, didn't really have one today and I kind of feel a little bit lost and a little bit disappointed in myself 
for not really having anything like that. Um, but sometimes that's just the way life is, isn't it? It's just the way that days go. Um, you can't always have a, a big purpose. In the grand scheme of things you do, but like on a day-to-day -day basis, sometimes it's just good just to just to take it all in and just to be a part of this thing. Not much going on in the head. Be a part of this thing. You know, I have such a way with words. It makes me smile. Don't know about you, but if you can't laugh at yourself, then... Mm. I had a gorgeous day in Bucharest, but it soon became time to head back to London and then on to Hungary and Budapest. Rest done, let's do pest. Well, good morning. Uh, here I am in Budapest. I uh, am walking along the river at the moment, the River Danube. And uh, before I get into a little bit of stuff, I just come across a, uh, what would you say, art installation, um, a memorial to, um, the Jews were um, like deported, thrown out from here. And it's just a load of shoes. Just a lot of shoes pointing, all pointing towards the Danube. Uh, it's extremely poignant. A lot of them, some of the shoes are worn, are like got holes in them. And uh, they're all pairs. Uh, which is really interesting as well. But there's a, a line along here, about 50 yards of just these shoes pointing at the Danube. So I'm walking up uh, alongside the Danube, going up river, and we're coming up to the Parliament. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit more, or I'll think about a little bit more about uh, what we got. Hungary, here we are, we are in Romania yesterday. Hungary uh, became a member of the EU in 2004. Population of about 9.7 million. So a little bit less than Romania. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm in Budapest. And what I didn't realize is Budapest is, is a, uh, a city made up of three cities. So Old Buda, Buda and Pest. And was amalgamated and you get Budapest. There's a massive big chunk of wood. Actually, like it's a tree floating down the Danube here. The Danube is massive. It's very, very strong. Um, so yeah, we'll check in later, find out some more facts, uh, head off to the Christmas market uh, and talk about agendas again. So up by the Parliament now and uh, I didn't say the Parliament were on the pest side of uh, the Danube and this Parliament building is massive. It is the largest building in um, in Hungary. It was uh, groundbreaking in 1885 and dedicated or finished in 1904. Sort of, sort of fits in with the Austro-Hungarian Empire which sort of goes from like 1864 I think to about 1918. Um, it's massive, it's beautiful. It actually kind of looks like a church in a way. It's got a beautiful dome in, in the centre and all these turrets and minuets all the way around it. Um, so yeah, just sort of looking at the, the history of Hungary. Uh, joined NATO in 1999. Um, as I said, part of uh, the EU in 2004, but they uh, they don't use the Euro here. 
uh, that's not part of it. The same as in, in Romania, the Euro wasn't, wasn't a thing, it's the Ron over there. Um, so yeah, absolutely stunning, beauty, beautiful building. That memorial, the shoes, was poignant, a fitting, memorable tribute to people who should not be forgotten. The Parliament building is impressive, a testament to the thought and care put in into developing Budapest. It was time to find the Christmas market. So we have found the Basilica, as you may have just heard. It's the uh, striking 11 and right in front of the Basilica is the Christmas park market, uh, regarded as one of the best Christmas markets, they say. Uh, so we're going to have a wander around. Uh, immediately I've got a cheese stall on my right. There's a lovely little stall right next to it selling like ceramic flowers and mushrooms and whatever you turn around, there's a, a stall selling like um, candles and uh, religious memorabilia, some wonderful uh, figures here of uh, Papa Noel. Santa Claus and little uh, nutcrackers, the classic nutcrackers. And then uh, we got the strudel house with all of the strudel. Oh, that just looks too good. I haven't had any breakfast, so that, that might not be uh, a good place to go. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's, uh, they're opening up the grill. Oh, wow, That's, that looks really good. <laughs> so, this is the buffet of, uh, of massive big sausage sandwich oh that looks really good and then on the other side it looks like exactly the same they got um, the thing with Hungarian is I don't think I can like pronounce it like there's there's a big sign here it's obviously a sign of the shop Kelemez Unepiket Kivern Ashesvernsjatik yeah, just absolutely. There's just no way I'm getting that. No way at all. But those sausage sandwiches do look, do look amazing. Buy a store here that does what they call traditional chimney cakes, which are like, like a chimney, and then um, in the middle you've got uh, chocolate or cinnamon or lots of hazelnut lots of different uh, fillings, mousse that you can put in it, um, it's a nice little delicacy and there's another little stall here with some ceramic Christmas trees which are really cute. So I have uh, stopped to have a bite to eat and I've got myself a hot punch, fruit punch uh, with, without alcohol obviously and uh, a grill dog and this, uh, I'm going to take a picture of it and probably put it on the blog. It's basically a, a whole baguette and uh, at least a foot long sausage with mustard. It's massive. I don't think I'll ever have to eat this side of Christmas again. Um, so yeah, we'll tuck in and see how this is. Please check out our blog on our website, www.thestorypilgrim.com forward slash blog. The picture of that massive sausage is there as is one of the shoe memorial and a couple more. 
As I was having my bite to eat, a lovely young lady approached me and wanted me to record her. Now, I'm not sure what she said, as it was in Hungarian, but I'm sure it was just delightful and uplifting. A podcast is There's a wonderful statue here of a, uh, a policeman. He's like copper. And he's just uh, got a, a rather large belly. And uh, people are just uh, rubbing his belly. It's really cute. You can probably hear um, I'm next to the Christmas tree in Vodasmati Square and it's just got like a, f a load of sparrows in it. Just chirping away. I thought somebody was selling like a sparrowy call, but no, there's actually loads of sparrows just sat in the. Um... Oh no, actually, no, there is a guy here with a, with a, a bird call as well, uh, but it was the. Uh... Maybe that's why all the sparrows are there, because this guy's selling his bird call. corner of a square and I've just come across a Michael Jackson memorial tree it's a, it's a tree and there's lots of pictures of Michael Jackson at various stages in his life wrapped around the tree with uh, flowers and ribbons um, and what have you yeah so there and a place for you to sit and and have a look at it maybe more cities need a uh, a Michael Jackson memorial tree. Uh, me and Michael Jackson had the same birthday. Just throw that out there. Oh, I still have it. I mean, he... Yeah, he doesn't celebrate anymore, does he? Yeah, as I'm uh, wandering around here, you're realising that, like, uh, there are little squares and they all have their own little Christmas markets and little stalls selling various... Items from like warm shoes and scarves and hats to um, stuffed animals. Uh, so stuffed animals there and um, then handbags right next to that. Um, but also like thinking back to what I was thinking about yesterday with regards to agenda and stuff. And I didn't have any plan or any agenda today just apart from the only agenda I had was just going for a walk around Budapest. Uh, and it's turned out to be absolutely delightful. Uh, really enjoying the festivities and it's a it's a very beautiful city i mean i've only walked around pest on the south side so far and it's very um, organized nice wide streets it's very clean uh, and it seems to be well restored you know it seems to be uh, a lot of looking after the buildings and the streets The policeman statue was actually made of copper. I wasn't referring to him as a copper. 
I told you MJ would make a second appearance. Must be popular in Hungary and Romania. It was time to leave Pest, cross the river, and explore Buda. Chain Bridge, which uh, is the first bridge to be built in 1849. Construction started on it in 1840. And uh, designed by William Clark, Englishman, and uh, engineered by another Clark, I think Andrew Clark. I don't know if they were related in any way. But yeah, classic chain suspension bridge, which of its time was pretty uh, special. Uh, but yeah, the first bridge to stretch across the Danube is about 200 metres at its uh, longest range. So we're going to walk over that and go up to uh, uh, another church on the other side of there. As we're getting across the other side, you can see uh, it's quite hilly. It's uh, like a big, there's a couple of hills on the other side here at, at Buda. There is a tunnel going right through the hill as you get the other side of the bridge and there's a little uh, like tramway um, car that can take you up the hill which is quite cute one up one down there's a very very big imposing buildings museums uh, all over here a nice again a nice mix of modern and old We've got the Clark Hotel here which is just a very modern building uh, right next to much older buildings but fits in really really well really nice well well we've just come up just come up to the top of the hill on the other side of the river and we're at Buda we get a stunning view of the parliament building and of uh, Pesht Budapest of the Danube, there's a, an island in the Danube there, it's absolutely, it is a beautiful, beautiful city. So we've walked up to the uh, Matthias church, which is absolutely stunning, it's beautiful, um, again very gothic in style, um, but uh, it overlooks uh, the Danube and Budapest. Uh, it's selling and again there's another little Christmas market up here of course and Budapest is one of those cities that you can feel like you uh, you can just walk around and uh, you're not really gonna get lost you're gonna be able to find either a point of reference or an, an alleyway or a stairway that's gonna take you in the general direction of where you kind of want to go which is kind of going back to the agenda thing um, 
I think an agenda has more of a stronger word for me than than a plan. Um, but like these last two days, I didn't really have any plan, any agenda really, apart from the only agenda really was just getting to experience the two cities. And uh, that's pretty much what I have done. More so in Budapest, one, because I have more time. Um, and the place we're staying at is more central. So it's easier to get to to all of the the good stuff, so to speak. Um, but yeah, very, very lucky. And I do like trips or days like that when I don't really have plan I would say the majority of my life is planned I do have an agenda whether it's regarding my career my health my relationship relationships with my family all of those those things that lead to the busyness of life Um, but yeah thoroughly enjoying having no agenda no plan here in Budapest As you can probably tell, the wind was getting up there towards the end. Rest or pest? Well, both were equally alluring, for very different reasons. Eastern Europe has always intrigued me, and I certainly will be back. As for having an agenda, advocates would assert that having a clear agenda fosters efficiency and goal achievement, while opponents argue for the merits of spontaneity and adaptability. Ultimately, the choice hinges on an individual, your preferences and the specific context, with neither option universally superior. I love my time in Bucharest and Budapest, and I most certainly will be back. Please remember to follow, like and share this podcast, even if uh, you please could just give it a review. It really helps. Thank you. The Story Pung was written and produced by Darren Hill. Original music by the amazing Anya Bakker. Please find us on social media. We're all over the place. Until next time, keep listening and buen camino.